Well, let's go to the Lord uh, and lift these things to Him and, and uh, give thanks. Lord, we bow again before you uh, as your children, as needy children, Lord, because uh, we don't have it together. We would all confess that, but uh, in Christ, uh, we're perfect uh, through his shed blood, and that, uh, that's how you view us. Lord, what a blessing that is. What a uh, profound statement that is, that we are perfect in Christ. And yet, Lord, we know that we sin against you in thought and word every day. And that, Lord, breaks our heart, or at least it should break our hearts. But, Lord, help us to, to fix our eyes on him this morning. Uh, just like this uh, blind man, uh, after he received his sight, fixed his eyes on you. What a marvelous picture of grace. This poor beggar. Yet, Lord, we were all poor beggars, uh, wandering around blind, and you set us free. Uh, you gave us sight. And uh, so, Lord, this morning we come with joy and thanksgiving. Uh, for what you uh, have done in our lives and what you will do. And encourage our hearts. We thank you, Father, for the opportunities for serving you and for the nativity coming up, that you would bless that time. And, uh, Lord, uh, I would lift up uh, Shirley to you, who is uh, recovering from her surgery, that you would just uh, heal her and, and bless her. Lord, uh, for uh, Pat that uh, uh, had this uh, malignancy removed from her ankle, that you, we pray for healing for her as well. And also uh, Catherine, who is mentioned here, uh, we lift her to you as well. And uh, we pray for a healthy baby. Father, we lift Dan to you and all of his hours that he's working. Just pray uh, for endurance for him and, uh, and for a day of rest. Lord, we, we, we just uh, lift these things to you, Lord, because you are the one who hears us and, and can work these situations out. And for Andrew and uh, all of this insurance that's got to be worked out, that you would do that for him and Amelia. Also for Baylor and Katie as they're struggling. Uh, in their marriage, and, and as others, uh, Devin and Christine, uh, Lord, the devil's out to destroy the family, uh, Christian families, and uh, uh, he's, he's uh, uh, Lord, we, we need your moving of your spirit in our families, all of our families, all of our lives, whether we're married or single. Lord, I pray for Susan, uh, my brother's daughter who struggles with uh, alcoholism and, and having problems with her health, that she would see her real need is Christ. Lord, we pray for Sam. Uh, and Lord, I pray that uh, he would communicate with the family and that uh, you would uh, work in his life powerfully. For Ben and all the problems at work and for the stress, that you would take that away. Uh, Lord, for Brandon, uh, 
who is, is going through this leg infection and, and brain trauma. And Lord, I thank you that he does know you. But Lord, we pray for healing for him, even though it seems impossible to man, what's impossible with man is possible with you. And we give you praise. And uh, so, Lord, work in each of our lives, God, by your power, by your spirit. Even work right now. God, speak to each heart. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. We did have a great time in Texas. Uh, I found out it's still there. It hadn't hadn't gone anywhere. And uh, it was a long trip, a lot of traffic. But we did have a good talk with, uh, Janine did, with Christine. And and I think a very uh, great time uh, with the family. We, We did a lot of interesting and fun things. And so, appreciate your prayers for us as we traveled. And uh, I'm looking forward to this afternoon being down there with all of you and uh, bring any friend. Uh, I think two of our daughters are coming with their families, and so just going to be a good time of fellowship and food and and, uh, look forward to that. Last week uh, in Mark chapter 10 is is where we are uh, today. We will finish up Mark chapter 10 and uh, verses 46 through 52. The last time we met, a couple weeks ago, we saw that Jesus came into this world not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. That's found in verse 45. And uh, today we see Jesus ministering to or serving uh, a man, uh, a blind man, uh, that he came to die for. Blind Barnabas. And I think there's great encouragement here for, for all of us. Uh, for one thing, we can witness to people who seem to be hopeless, and God saves even the hopeless, the blind. And uh, we see, I think, in all of Jesus' parables, somebody said every parable of Jesus was a miracle of wisdom, and every miracle of Jesus was a parable of teaching. And I think that's true here. There's a lot of teaching that we can glean and uh, for our own hearts and our own lives. We see here Jesus opens the eyes of the spiritually blind. Let me just ask you, has he opened your blind eyes? That's a question that we all need to ask ourselves. And uh, has he opened your blind eyes? And if he has, do you pray that he opens the eyes of other people who are blind? You know, we can say, oh, open the eyes of all the people in the world. And, and that's a good prayer. But let me ask you, is there one person that's on your heart and mind that you would like to see come to know Christ? Do you pray every day, and I challenge you to find someone that you know who is lost and that you concentrate on them and pray for them every day for God to open their eyes? Amen. I think that's, that's a marvelous thing. We, you know, we... Oh, everything's too big. We can't pray for everybody. And uh, Lord, I just pray you'll open everybody's eyes. No. Let God, God show me someone who I can pray for. Uh, and, and, uh, and he will. He'll do that. We see here 
And let's read, first of all, verses 46 through 52. Wonderful passage. And uh, verse 46. When they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. When he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many were sternly telling him to be quiet, but he kept crying out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him here. So they called the blind man and saying to him, Take courage, stand up. He is calling for you. Throwing aside his cloak, he jumped up and came to Jesus. And answering him, Jesus said, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and began following him on the road. And that a marvelous story? Because that's the story of everybody here, if you're a believer. He opened your blind eyes, uh, and you followed him. And uh, give all praise and and glory to him. And we need to do that. Uh, I think Jesus, by divine appointment, comes to Jericho. And of course, what is Jericho known for? The walls falling. And uh, let us not uh, see the easy teaching here. Uh, First of all, there's no chance happenings. Uh, Jesus comes here by divine appointment. Uh, Yes, the wall's coming down. It's interesting. Remember, Jesus, the word is Jesus in the Greek. That's the Greek for Joshua. So Joshua, (laughs) in a a sense, Jesus, uh, whom Joshua was a type of, comes to Jericho again. And you know what? He does a greater thing than having the walls fall down. He has the walls fall down in a man's life who was imprisoned, blind, and he opens his eyes. And uh, there's that song, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. Uh, That's an old spiritual hymn. Janine and I looked it up, and Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, is 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 what that's saying. Friends, let me tell you something. He fights your battles. And if you let him fight your battles, the walls will come tumbling down. I believe that because I've experienced that. I know that for a fact. Jesus comes to Jericho to perform a great miracle. And he can transform lives and make people see. The outline is, is, is simple. I usually don't have a, uh, an outline like this. But uh, the three-point outline, you know you <laughs> I'm improving. Uh, the outline is, is very simple. First of all, we see 
the man, Bartimaeus, the master, who is Christ, and then the miracle. The three M's, if you want to say. But uh, it's really a very simple story. I don't know there's any real deep theology here. And yet all theology is deep. Uh, But the man, first of all, Bartimaeus, Bar means son, so he was the son of Timaeus. Does that make sense? And uh, we find here, though, that there were actually two blind men. uh, And that's in, I think I put this one to, gave this one to put up. Maybe not. Is this not, uh, no light on the clicker, so. Oh, do I got it on or off? Is that it? I don't know machines. <laughs> Try it now. Ah. We find here, it says in Matthew, as they were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. And two blind men sitting by the road, hearing that Jesus was passing by, cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. Now, that's not a contradiction. It's just that Mark, it's just that Mark does not mention the other uh, blind man that was there. And uh, he hones in on blind Bartimaeus for some reason that uh, we know. He concentrates, if you will, on him. And we find that physically he was blind. And uh, so everybody now close your eyes except for Andrew. (laughs) Just close your eyes. Now this is one of those uh, times in the service when just close your eyes and uh, I want you to imagine that you're blind. Okay? I want Janine to get up and close and walk down the out the back door walk out to the car. Now you might say that would be stupid. It would be. Because it would, for one thing, take her a long time to do that, wouldn't it? Because she can't see. Now imagine if everybody in here was blind. And I said, everybody go home. Uh, That would be impossible. You couldn't drive. You might find your car by touch. uh, But sight is an extremely important thing, is it not? You can open your your eyes now. But... uh, that's just a, uh, and I'm glad no one went to sleep. I don't think they did anyway. <laughs> but uh, so we're talking about a sense that's extremely important. Matter of fact, if I had to lose one sense, it would not be sight. Uh, it's that important. And uh, I was blinded one time uh, for three days. I splashed lie in my eyes working with it and I was blind went down to Dr. Claude Warren and he put dry so Janine had to take the patches off every two hours and of course everything I could see light but it was just a blur I mean you couldn't see people or anything it was that bad and he told me he said in three days you'll either see or you'll be blind the rest of your life because I had water and I flushed my eyes out so I was blind for three days, and that will get your attention when you have two little small children. And so, uh, I, I wouldn't recommend uh, doing that. And so, but uh, it will teach you the importance of sight. 
So anyway, we find also here in verse 51, blind Bartimaeus once could see in verse 51 because in the New American Standard, he says that he wanted to have his sight restored or to regain his sight. Uh, he could see at one time, evidently, and uh, I know the King James and the uh, uh, New International Version version has received. He wanted to receive his sight, but really the better, the translation here is regain. Whether he got glaucoma or uh, had an injury to his eyes, I don't know. But uh, he still had the sense of hearing, and praise God for that. Uh, because um, that was so important, as we'll see. He could hear. But anyway, physically, he kept alive by begging. There were no government programs back then, and so uh, he had to rely on other people to sustain his life. Spiritually, we find he was a, a sinner, a blind sinner, uh, and I think, though, the Holy Spirit had been working in his life. How do we know that? How do we know that? I think we know that by what he says. And uh, he heard that heard that Jesus was passing by. And he shouted out what? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I think that's evidence of real faith. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He doesn't say, if you are the son of David, have mercy on me. But he knows who Jesus is. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, I think he already had faith before his eyes were open. Uh, and, and, uh, because of what he said. And, uh, but we see there are three aspects of faith. Intellectually is the knowledge we learn about Jesus. And of course, he knew about Jesus. Uh, I'm sure he had heard people talking about this one uh, who had been healing, opened the eyes of the blind and the sick people, and maybe this other beggar with him that had been discussing that. But uh, this man had never seen with his eyes a miracle. Now, you, that's one thing you've got to see. Anyway, he could uh, not see a miracle taking place. He had to believe it by hearing. But he believed the truth about Jesus. You know, it's interesting because there was a woman in the Old Testament who was just like this. In Joshua 2, 10 through 11, we find Rahab the harlot. It says what? We, others believe too, we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Zion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. When we heard it, she hadn't seen anything. Our hearts melted and no courage remained in any man any longer because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. She believed that this was the one true living God and yet she had never seen those miracles. She didn't see the Red Sea party. She just heard like blind Bartimaeus. 
also we find, but she also acted. She also acted on what she had heard. We find in James it says, in the same way was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. In other words, she believed. What was the proof that she believed? Because of the acts that followed her believing. And so do we find about blind Bartimaeus? He doesn't let Jesus go by. He cries out because he knows this is the son of David. The Holy Spirit was working in him, I believe mightily, showing him who this man really was, and he had only heard it. He, had not, he couldn't see Jesus. And uh, again, this is uh, maybe something that his uh, mother talked about. We don't know. That's not given to us. Uh, maybe he had heard passages like Isaiah 35, 5, and 6. When the eyes of the blind will be open and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped, then the lame will leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute will shout for joy, for waters will break forth in the wilderness and streams uh, in the uh, Arabah. So we don't know what God used to bring him uh, to himself, for him to believe that, that Jesus... Uh, was who he said he was, that he is son of David. He is Messiah. Wow. Think of that. This is a blind, poor beggar. Grace? I would say this is great grace. We see that second aspect. So he intellectually, he believed. But uh, I think the second aspect about faith is I need him. The emotional aspect. You know, it's, it's interesting. You can tell people all about Christ, that they're great sinners, but they're not stirred. They're not convicted about their sin. Uh, there's no emotions in their, even their worship. or They're just dead. They're dead. And uh, uh, emotions are a very important part. It was like what uh, Josh said up here. If that didn't stir your heart, there's something wrong. And I really believe that. If you can listen to the gospel, if you can sing songs and not be stirred and moved, you better check up on yourself. If you're coming here thinking that you're going to fool God, you've got another thing coming. Because you can't fool God. Be honest with Him. Cry out to Him. Lord, have mercy on me. Open my eyes. Lord, make this real to me like to blind Bartimaeus, even though he couldn't see. So there is a real emotional aspect. He could see that he was a sinful man who needed forgiveness, uh, who realized that he was blind, that he was blind. He needed help. And then the third aspect about faith is I want him. I want him. Some people you can talk to Christ uh, uh, about Christ to them, and uh, no effect. They don't say, I, I want him. This man had a spiritual desire. You know, it's God who changes the want to. That's one thing. Uh, my dad, that was one of his favorite sayings, is he said, God changes your want to. Where I wanted 
to live a wicked and rebellious, sinful life. Now I want to serve Christ. Not perfectly, not without failure, uh, not without stumbling, not without falling, but that's my desire now. This man, I believe, had a very strong faith. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, he cries out. Mercy. What is mercy? What the blind man is saying is, I don't deserve this. He doesn't say, Jesus, you ought to feel sorry for me. You know, I'm, I'm uh, a poor, blind beggar, and I don't deserve this. Uh, you need, no, he, what does he say? Mercy. He cries mercy. You know, look at me, I'm a victim. Mercy speaks of his unworthiness. He has nothing to offer Jesus. You realize that? This man has nothing to offer Jesus. He can't see him. He can't, he can't follow him unless somebody grabs his arm and pulls him along. Uh, he's at the total mercy of Jesus. And we are too. We're totally at the mercy of God. We also see his faith is determined here. Uh, it says that many rebuked him, told him to shut up, hush up, be quiet. You know, Jesus doesn't have time for people like you. This is what the crowd was saying. And why would they say that? Why would the crowd do this? Because I'm sure they were used to blind beggars all over the place. And they were kind of like a nuisance, if you will. You know, alms for the poor, alms for the poor. It was uh, almost like what you find on the streets today, people asking. And yet, we can become hardened towards those people who are in real need. And so, uh, that's something to think about. Do we become hardened to the needs of those around us? Do we pass by them every day and don't think about their need? You know, Jesus has much more important things to do, Barnabas, than to deal with you. And uh, and what does the blind Bartimaeus do? He cries out all the more in verse 48. There will be no one in hell who is crying out to God. If someone is truly crying out to God, God will hear that and save them because he did with blind Bartimaeus. If you cry out for Christ, he will hear you. By the way, where did this faith come from with Bartimaeus? Remember, this is so important. For by grace you have been saved through faith. He believed. He had faith. This is the son, son of man, son of David. And that not of yourselves, that is what? The faith It's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. We read the same thing in Romans 3 in the passage this morning. Also, 1 Corinthians 4, 7, for he, for who regards you as superior, what do you have that you did not receive? For if you did receive it, why do you boast if you had not received it, Paul says. Also, Paul says in Philippians 1, uh, 29, and actually these are all uh, sermons in and of themselves, for he says, for to you it has been granted, not because you earned it, 
not because you were smart, not because you figured it out. It's been granted for Christ's sake, not only to what? To believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Well, you know what? In Christians, we'll say, oh, yeah, suffer. Yeah, okay, suffer. But we forget about believing it in and of itself was granted. You didn't believe on your own. It took the power of the Holy Spirit working, and yet we have to see, we have to see that we believe because of God opening our blind eyes to who he is. It's God who gives it. It's God who gives faith. And that's why we praise him. And I'll end the message that way. This was a divine appointment. This was no accident that Jesus passed by. Uh, when does Jesus pass by? I thought that was when Jesus passes by. You know, he passes by different times in the lives of people. He passes by in this worship service. He's here this morning with us as a congregation. In, in a sense, he is passing by your life right now. He wants to work in your life. He wants to see your life changed by the power of his Holy Spirit. But do you just let him pass by or do you cry out to him? You know, that's what prayer is. Prayer is crying out, Lord, have mercy on me. I can't change the hard heart of my son or daughter, but you can. Have mercy on me, God. And really mean it, see. It's not, okay, I go through these motions. No, it's like this blind man. He, if you would have been there, you would have probably been startled by how loud he shouted out. It was loud enough that he was heard over the crowd as they moved along. This was a divine appointment. Don't miss him. Are you looking for him? Are you looking for him? As he passes by. Then we see the second point. uh, The master. Jesus halts in this mass of people. He stops. This is amazing grace. Jesus could have kept on passing by. Because he was going to Jerusalem to die, he had great important things to do. But here in the midst of all of this noise, he hears this one man, this poor beggar, crying out. He's never too busy to hear the cries of his people. Hallelujah. And not only that, we see the value of one person. Value of one person. No one is ever too far gone that they cannot be saved. And I encourage you to, to preach and, and, and to, uh, uh, not to preach, but to pray for your, for your loved ones. We see also his tenderness. He calls for the man to be brought to him. We also see the attitude of the crowd that changes. They say, you know, arise, go to him in verse 49. We see that Jesus changes uh, the crowd and their uh, emphasis back to uh, this this beggar come you know he's calling for you for you, but it says nothing was going to stop him. Uh, that's so important because he jumps up and he throws off his cloak, and uh, I can imagine this man. He said, "Wow, he heard me." The thrill that that must have been to him, 
to know that God, uh, the son of David, the Messiah, heard his cry. Did you find that in your own salvation? That you knew that he heard your cry? The Holy Spirit comes in and you go, wow, thank you for saving me, Lord. Thank you for speaking to me. Thank you uh, for hearing me. And then Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Why did Jesus have to ask this? Of course, he knew the man's need, I'm sure. I think he wanted this man to express his need. Uh, He wanted this man to cry out to him. Does not God know all of our needs? Yes, he does. But he still wants us to cry out. The man's response was Rabboni in the Greek. It's interesting again that uh, the King James Version and the NIV says Rabbi here. But it's not rabbi, it's Rabboni, which means my master. So when he cries out, he doesn't just say uh, teacher, rabbi. He says Rabboni, uh, my master. Where else do we find uh, this used to address Jesus? Mary, yeah, Mary Magdalene said in the garden, when she recognized who he was, she says, my Rabboni. My master. So we see this as very personal, very personal to this blind man. And then Jesus gives a specific request in verse, uh, then, no, the man gives Jesus a specific request in verse 51 to regain his sight. He knows who he's talking to. He knows that Jesus can restore his sight. Why does the Lord ask us to pray? Why does he, when he knows our needs, before we even ask him? This is so important. He says, and when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetitions as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So so do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. But what does he want you to do? He wants you to cry out to him. He wants you to fellowship with him. He wants you to love him. And he wants to hear as a child, as a, as a mother or father, wants a child to come and talk to them. He longs for that. And you might say, why would he want that? I don't know. I'm not God. All I know is his word says that. He loves us, uh, uh, and I think particularly it draws us to him. When we come to him, it draws us to him. You know, if you're in in a boat and you're pulling up to the dock, you throw a rope out around the piling. You don't pull the dock to the boat. You pull the boat to the dock. Jesus is already there. But what does he wants us, want us to do? He wants to throw a rope so we can pull ourselves to him. And prayer is that, is that rope. We can pull ourselves to him. He wants us to talk to him. 
to throw a rope to him, to fellowship with him, to love him. What does the Bible say? And and I didn't put this one on the board. I thought of this as I was going over it uh, again this morning. It says, James 4.8 says, draw near to God and what? Exactly right. Throw the rope over that piling. Draw, draw yourself near to God in what? He's there. He's near you. But you've got to throw the rope. You've got to, you've got to pray. You've got to communicate with Him. You've got to talk to Him. And it may just be confession of sin. It may be something that you just need to pour your heart out to God about. He wants to hear us, beloved. Then thirdly, we see the miracle. This is the the shortest of the three points. But we see the miracle in verse 52. And uh, we find, he says, go your way. Your faith has made you well. We see both physical and spiritual healing come by faith. Uh, But again, it's not your faith. It's faith that I believe God gives you to believe. It's interesting. I've prayed for people, and Jesus says, whatever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. You know, I've prayed for people, and I said, you know, God's going to heal that person. God's going to save that person. But the believing isn't from me. It's the belief that God is giving me that he's going to do this. You see, because I can't make that happen. I think Jesus is command, command or commanding Bartimaeus to exercise the faith that he had given him. We need to exercise the faith that, that he's given to us. Faith is the instrument through which we accept salvation. It is the gift, but we've got to exercise it. How you put those two together, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All I know is that when he works in us and we received him, it's a gift. But we must uh, exercise the faith that he has given to us and call out to him. Somebody said, God is so good, he gives faith and then rewards us for being faithful. That's a good God, isn't it? He gives you the faith and then he rewards you for being faithful. That's a good God. And then the miracle, the last thing he says, he, I believe when he opened his eyes, when Jesus touched his eyes and he saw, the first thing he saw was the face of Jesus. It's interesting, Fanny Crosby, who was blind uh, from uh, childhood uh, and wrote many hymns, praise hymns m- mainly, a preacher said, you know, uh, I would love to have you receive your sight. And she says, no. She says, God has given me that, and I accept that. And besides, when I die, the first face I will see will be the face of Jesus. Now, that's grace, is it not? Think of that. That was this woman's heart. She wanted to see the face of Jesus. Do we want to see the face of Jesus? Uh, 
then very quickly, the results of the miracle. First of all, blind Bartimaeus followed Jesus. He had been transformed and wanted to follow. Remember, we love him because he first loved us. 1 Corinthians 6.20, For we have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. We've been bought with a price. That's the motivation for glorifying God in your body, is you've been bought with a price. You're a poor beggar that God had mercy on, therefore glorify God in your body. That's the motivation. Knowing the price that God paid for your salvation, you should glorify Him. Psalm 50:15 says, "Call upon me in the day of trouble. I shall rescue you, and you will honor me or glorify me." It says. Let me just ask you this in closing. Can you say, once I was blind, but now I see? Jesus is now the Lord and Savior of my life. Are you saved this morning? Do you know Christ? And I would urge you, if He is not real in your life, if He is someone you're not throwing the rope to, to get closer to Him, to, be, to pull yourself closer, to draw near to Him, if that's not your desire to draw near to Him, I question your salvation. It's that important. Do you know Him? Do you talk to Him? Not that, I'm not asking, are you perfect? Do you fail to pray? Do you fail to read His Word? I'm not saying it because I do that. But I'm saying, is He the Lord and Savior of your life? Like Josh said, are you moved by His Word? Are you moved by hymns, by the message of the cross, by the gospel? I would doubt your salvation. You know, you can fool everybody. I think you can even deceive yourself, but you can't deceive God. By your fruit, you will be known. And then, lastly, and I promised, are you seeking to serve him out of love and gratitude like blind Bartimaeus? Are you seeking to serve him out of love and gratitude like blind Bartimaeus? Someone said, empty obedience and service without joy do not please God. And I think that's right. Do we live a joyous life from uh, obeying God and serving God out of joy to please Him? You know what? I think God wants joyous Christians. Amen. He really does. What's going to attract the, the, uh, the bee? The honey. Well, I tell you what, you put honey out on the, out on the ground, or put some, the bees will come to it. And people want to see Christians who are joyous. They don't want somebody. Who wants that? Now I'm not talking about faking it. But I'm talking about joy. uh, That really comes. From knowing what you are now in Jesus. How do you do this? Believing, seeing what you were, that you were blind, that you were without hope, and then believing what you are in Christ now. 
that you've been changed by His power. He loves you with an everlasting love. That you're perfect in Christ now. And how are we changed? By believing. By believing. You're not changed by obeying the law. All you'll do is get frustrated by trying to be better. Now what you've got to believe is that you're perfect. You've got to believe the gospel that Jesus is your all in all. And believing that will change your life. It doesn't seem right. We gotta, we're Americans. We've got to do something. No, what we've got to do is believe more. Like blind Bartimaeus, have great faith and come to God. Throw our line to Him. Let's pray. Lord, we all confess what great sinners we are, uh, how blind we are to the truth in your word so much of the time. And Lord, how we fail to throw you uh, the rope so we can pull ourselves to the dock, to pull ourselves to you and be near you. When you're there, you're there all the time for us. So Lord, forgive us. I pray, God, if there's someone here who does not know you, Uh, that they would confess. Lord, I believe everyone here does know you. But if there is someone who still is uncertain or unsure, or that you would work in their life, that they would call upon you. In Jesus' name, amen.